do you have too much blood? High blood pressure getting you down? Well, let us release that steam valve at Hacken's Blood Donation Centers. Are we associated with the Red Cross? Sure. Just come down to your local park under the bridge, alone, and find Hacken. He'll take, we'll take care of the rest. Is this a to Horror Movie Talk, your panel of expert hosts each week. Are me, I'm Bryce Hanson, I have a PhD in Spookology, and across from me via video chat is Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? How is everybody doing this week? Well, doing, how are you, Bryce? Doing good. Good. I'm real excited about our episode today. We're going to be reviewing let the right one in yeah you gotta you gotta make sure you gotta vet them you gotta A make modern sure classic safe um, to let in so uh before we get into the episode just want to plug our website horrormovietalk.com there you'll find links to all of our social media and all the things you need to know to keep in touch as well as how to support the show like our store or links to our patreon or links to amazon where we can get a little taste of whatever you spend there uh we also want to thank our new patrons dude Uh, we have so many new patrons this week right we got kelsey k edward h bradley stephen salem and jamie thank you so much for joining our patreon um they now get access to exclusive perks like our afterpod where you can hear uh, Bryce have a depressive episode and David console him and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then um, you can call us at 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. Uh, we post new episodes of the show every Wednesday, so follow us on your favorite platform, whether that's YouTube to see our smiling faces or on your favorite audio podcast platform. We start out every episode by giving a brief review and our score for the film. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge that makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. We're all about transcending boundaries. Mm-hmm. Big After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. So if you don't want anything spoiled too much wait until um that spoiler warning and you can bounce later on we'll be playing a new game called Mm. vampire smasher pass oh and um 
when we get there. I th- I'll have to explain the game. It's it's uh well at least to at least to anyone that's not Gen Z maybe. Um, oh, let's... okay. The, the concept of Smasher Pass right. is lost on Millennials Plus. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. Xers don't get Obvi. it. Obvi. Um, yeah. Okay. So we watched let the right one in we're reviewing the original 2008 version in swedish uh i believe it's in swedish yeah it's in right? it's in swedish they say um, mikit mikit which is i like or yeah i mikit um uh, sorry go ahead and uh it got my blood going you can find Let the Right One In on Amazon Prime, Hulu, and a lot more. Like, almost everything has it streaming, um, either ad-supported or not. Uh, if you haven't seen Let the Right One In, it's a new twist on the vampire tale that asks, what if vampires were pedophiles? <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> what if? <clears throat> you know, I feel like that's actually a pretty touched upon, like, I mean... You know, interview did it right. Yeah, I guess it did, didn't it? And uh, kind of like Bram Stoker's did it as well, a little bit, right? It was like questionable. I mean, Winona was pretty young. Mm, I, I don't. I don't remember. How you haven't said went. one thing about my glow up. Your glow up? I didn't. I I don't see gender. I mean, it's. Look, I'm just trying to look nice, and you're over here just ignoring the shit out of me. I did this for you. I'm I'm sorry. You look beautiful today, David. Thank you. You honestly do. I have you been growing out the hair to get to this point? Is this was this the end goal? I mean, it helps. It's all part of a thing, you know. It's all mm-hmm. part of a um, of a transformation. You know, this movie is about transformations. It is, know? and. Uh, and it, you'll, it, listeners, you'll have to apologize. I am wearing my retainer today, so I have a little bit of something going on with my S's. But that's just kind of... It's not It's not an affect. It's literally like, that's how he talks with right. his retainer in. Yeah, it's tough. It's a big, it's a big clunky thing. Um, okay. So Oscar, a 12-year-old Swedish boy that is relentlessly bullied while he deals with his parents' separation. Uh, in Oh, I didn't actually have a finished sentence there. It's about Oscar, a 12-year-old Swedish boy that is relentlessly bullied while he deals with his parents' separation. In the course of planning to be Sweden's first school shooter, he meets Ellie, the new girl in town that hates shoes and loves having the higher ground. Ellie is the stereotypical manic pixie dream girl who has quirky hobbies like puzzle collecting, communicating through Morse, and violently murdering people by sucking their blood. Let the Right One In is uh, was remade in English as Let Me In, but I'll tell you what. Uh, if you haven't seen the original, do yourself a favor and watch it in the original language. Not only are the performances a little better overall, but most importantly, the tone is vastly better than the remake. The sparse and brutal mise-en-scene uh, matches M- mise-en-scene. I mean, come on, David. You're a, you're a movie reviewer. You should know that. So mise-en-scene is the everything about the scenery or, or how people are placed within a location in a movie. So 
everything in the background um, is the the mise en scène, which contributes greatly to the tone and the you know why not just say backdrop because that's the more that's the better term to use is it because it's french no it's because it's more accurate to what i'm trying to convey you know about accurately can portraying what you want to convey i mean man i I tell you what i think i do but I constantly am misunderstood for being like the most specific and literal person you can possibly imagine through text. People are fucking constantly misunderstanding me. And I don't know why. It feels like they think I'm giving them mixed signals. But look at me. Do I look like someone who gives mixed signals to you? The sparse and brutal mess on sand uh, matches the sparse and brutal storyline. The stark, empty courtyards and public parks complement the empty and stark life of a lonely latchkey kid. At the heart of the story is a coming-of-age romance between two tragic characters that are, is very compelling. Uh, there is an impending sense of dread for all the main characters. You're rooting for them, but in pretty much every possible outcome that you can imagine, there's going to be tragedy tragedy this film is an excellent entry into the vampire genre that shows that there's still compelling iterations to explore that don't rely on the dracula archetype um it's a fantastic movie and really stands out and sticks with you i mean i i've seen it before and it's it's one of those that i remember you know fondly watching and and in the second viewing it is as good or better than the first watching. Um, and especially because there was some stuff I noticed in this version that I didn't in the, in the first watch. Um, I give it a score of 10 out of 10. Holy moly. Look at you. You really like this one. You've talked about it in the past uh, to me a lot or, you know, more than most movies. Um, I knew you really enjoyed this one. I figured you were probably going to give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, As I was watching it, so I had seen this originally when it first came out. Um, Not in theaters, I don't think. I think think this was like 2008, and somehow we streamed it. Like, we've been streaming since streaming was, like, we just gave up. As soon as streaming came out, we were like, yep, this is it. This is way easier. And, um... So I watched it as soon as it came out. Uh, it was good. Um, I have remembered it uh, for what? Jesus, 15 years. Um, and uh, it's it's good. I will say that the uh, the pacing is pretty slow. And the, <clears throat> the mise-en-scene is a little accidental Wes Anderson-y, uh, and, you know, I mean, it's just, um, it's an affected, uh, it has an affected perspective, uh, which is, um, just kind of slow and dark and brooding and, um, and really, uh, really focusing on relationships. It's not particular, like, it's not particularly scary if that's what you're looking for. It's more of a 
romance slash coming of age slash, you know, slice of life. Kind of a drama. Um, like a really dark drama. Uh, and it's really good at that. Um, but if what you're looking for is something real scary, this isn't probably um, that that night for you. Um, yeah, it's it's really good in a lot of ways. Uh, it's it's a little hamstrung by focusing on child actors, but uh, you know it seemed to know that it was focusing on child actors and played towards their strengths really well, and they were not bad child actors by any stretch of the imagination. So with all that being said, uh, I appreciate it to about, like, I think I liked it a lot more the first time around. Um, I think I like it to the tune of about a seven right now, but like, that's just kind of, that's just kind of my level of enjoyment. So what's your, what's your, um, in terms of like genre, where do vampires lay? Are you a fan of vampires or just, is it kind of – I mean vampires are not scary. They just aren't to me. Uh, to some people and – I, and I don't think they're particularly intended to be particularly scary, you know? Well, I mean I think the scares come sexy. from – Yeah, I mean the scares come from the fact that they're – like a dangerous monster that will kill you, but they're super seductive. But like they might the, have sex with you before they kill you, or like after. They're or both. they're the monster that like seduces you mm-hmm. uh, to capture you, right? And has like superpowers around their ability to seduce most of the time. So that's interesting. I mean, if you think about it, like if you're, what if a werewolf was like just super sexy? You know. It's like hmm. you mean you don't find all werewolves like inherently <laughs> attractive um i'm more into otters um mm. but anyways so i think that's also the other thing like it gets a couple points from me just because i'm i'm a pretty big fan of vampires in general like there's a lot of vampire movies that i like just because i kind of like the they're like the James Bond. Of I knew that was coming. Universal. I almost lipped it. I yeah. almost lip synced with you. Where you? Were like, They're like the James Bond of. It's it's like uh, you know, there's a little bit of what's it called um, um, dream fulfillment or wish fulfillment, you know, through watching it. It's like yeah, everyone wants to be James Bond, and if you're gonna be a monster, you would definitely want to be a vampire. Really. I don't know, like what, what, uh, so from the, like, universal monsters. Hmm. I mean, Invisible Man, that's pretty compelling, too. Yeah, but it's so (laughs) hands-off. Yeah. (laughs) You know? It's so hands-off. Uh, I think the Invisible Man is, um, that's Or Invisible Woman. The the invisible man or woman is something that a little kid would want because because they don't know so much and you could get so much information. But uh, it, you know, it's it's like what goes on in the girls' bathroom, <laughs> you know? Like, well, Carrie told us that, right? Pillow fights and uh, and you know, tampon throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh yeah no i th- i think you may be right uh, in terms of what would you want to be i mean yeah it, it's definitely a vampire yeah it's like the it's the it's the monster that isn't on its face tragic you know it's not like oh no what a horrible fate to be fallen like with a vampire you're like right yeah but it's not yeah. doesn't seem that bad you know they really right. have to underline like how you'd have to go through 200 years of you'd right. have to go through 200 years of life to realize how shitty it would actually be <laughs> 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 like to everybody on the outside looking in it's like yeah hell yeah it's great yeah. all right well speaking of looking in i don't know if you're listening to commercials <laughs> You know you shouldn't have to come into the inner circle of our Patreon and at a certain level you get ad-free versions of every episode and early access as well as soon as we finish editing or as soon as Fart finishes editing the episode and we upload it, you get it. Also, check out our Horror Movie Talk shop. That's horrormovietalk.com slash shop. You'll find stickers and tees and whatever we put up on the shop in the time to come uh a lot of the designs are designed by our resident artist dustin gobel he's a professional artist who fucks hard man i'm really gassy this episode he also takes commissions for artwork so keep that in mind if you want a custom artwork for valentine's day coming up when 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 is valentine's day it's uh, the 14th next, it's next week yeah so it's going to be in about seven days. Yeah. Well, you know, if in a crunch, maybe uh, maybe Dustin will double do price. A real double quick. price. <laughs> you never know. Go to Instagram and at dgobel00. That's at d g o e b e l zero zero to make your artistic dreams come true. If you want to leave us a voicemail, call six eight two two five three four four six eight, and you'll probably hear our response in a upcoming horror movie horrors episode uh but thank you for listening and let's get into the spoiler section spoilers spoilers hey you know what um this is a Swedish film. I haven't heard from Magnus in a while. Our super That's fan, right. yeah, I had, our super Magnus fan, been? who is also the um, Denzian of the Film Klubben, uh Swedish movie review uh, podcast. He was one of the first people who talked to us, and uh, I, I, I mean, he's active on the horror movie talk group. He's pretty active, but. You know, we're just not getting a lot of uh, back and forth with Magnus anymore. Uh, has he moved on to greener pastures? Is he done um, being interested in us? Um, has he been in the group? Has he been eaten by a small child? It is um, the winter of his discontent. Yeah, maybe he's just experiencing, you know, seasonal affective disorder. Sad. Yeah, the last time he posted something was January 14th. I hope he's doing okay. I do too. I hope he, I hope a child hasn't leapt on him. Mm. Um, let the right one in starts with the whitest boy in the world named Oscar, and uh, 
if you were to guess, if you were like to put the two main characters like behind you here, Duck, Duck, David. Yeah. So if I were to tell you one of those is a vampire, which one would you choose? I would definitely say Oscar, but he's not. So Oscar, uh, we're introduced and he's kind of a lonely boy. We see him getting bullied. Um, and then he eventually meets Ellie. Um, the whole idea of having a vampire in the Arctic kind of makes sense. There's, there's this movie and then there's, uh, what's the other one? 30 days of night, 30 days of night. I mean, it makes sense. Arctic countries, they have longer nights. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't get a lot of those equatorial vampires. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, where's the, where's the With Brazilian? With a marimba. <laughs> yeah. Where's the Brazilian vampire and a, movies? And a, a Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the movie kind of takes its time to get into it. Like, we're, we're shown Oscar. We're shown the... Um, kind of the familiar of ellie before we really get introduced to her so there's uh haken 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 uh the the older guy that moves in with ellie and he's just wandering around a park with his murder kit and so is he her familiar yeah he is not her father so i had i not watched what we do in the shadows, I wouldn't be like super up on like all the tropes of like the very, like that's a pretty deep cut trope of a vampire. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Are you kidding? Like the first thing you think of when you think of a vampire is Dracula with a cape. I want to, I want to suck your blood. The end. Like you don't think about like a familiar who goes out during the day and does all their dirty work, you know? Well, I mean, and I mean, Dracula introduced the the concept of the familiar. His familiar was was Renfield. The the meta in your head doesn't necessarily immediately like the biggest thing you think of is not a familiar. Who, well, no, it's not the first thing you think of, but the familiars go part and parcel with vampire movies. Uh, is it um, is it a big deal in Bram Stoker? Yeah, Renfield he, is is his familiar. So is oh that wasn't like, his um that wasn't um okay go on sorry Renfield was like kind of the insane guy that is basically having his mind seduced by Dracula. Is and is also, that Keanu Reeves? No, no. You, it's uh, I don't know how to explain it. He's he's like an insane guy. He's he's in an insane asylum for most of the time. Um, but is kind of like a a lackey or wants to serve Dracula and I believe become a vampire. That's kind of a another thing. I mean, it's not in every vampire movie. I'll, I'll say that, but it's it's in the first one as like an important feature. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's like novel. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's introduced and you're not sure who he is because it's. It, your first guess would be, oh, that's her father, you know, or caretaker or whatever, and not her slave. But uh, he's shown attacking some guy in the in the woods. 
um <laughs> which is has an interesting take he's like hey what's that uh what's that gas mass it's halothane it's like what and then he's gone um isn't it halcyon um i don't know in the subtitles it said halothane i know i wrote it down maybe it's that's how you say it in swedish i don't know maybe or maybe i wrote it down wrong i don't know i'm probably wrong it seems to be a a, a thing halothane halothane see uh, i a am general wrong. anesthetic um don't mansplain it to me anymore <laughs> Uh, he, he like strings up this guy and is is uh, bleeding him out like a, you know, like a deer, and then a girl and dog stumble across him, and so uh, poor poor Hacken, he is not the best familiar, and he's he's got a lot of uh, you know missteps. He's trying, but like. <laughs> Like subtlety is just not his suit. He's like, right. oh, look, I just killed this guy. Like, I am gonna bleed him under this street lamp. Like, I'm gonna tie him to a street lamp <laughs> so that like we at night are highlighted. Like, we're in the middle of the light source. I gotta see what I'm doing, <laughs> and it's just like. Every time he does this, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, but we got to get this done outside. And it's like, dude, get a little better. Yeah, yeah. It's, I guess you don't become a uh, a lackey by being like real together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're showing Oscar, um, and he's like kind of daydreaming of stabbing the bully um and that's when he's got i mean he's got a knife and he's stabbing a tree and whatnot and then ellie shows up on the top of the dungle of the jungle gym the dungle dim and um that's what it's called in middle earth Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like a elvish word um and this scene is kind of like the like an important set piece for the movie. It kind of defines the the tone and the relationship and so it's set in this like super sparse um you know, common area. What what are we calling it? Um Yeah, like the courtyard. The courtyard with like the lamest jungle gym. It's just like one you know set of pipes to climb up climb up on it feels very like soviet era <laughs> you know and it's the, the the story takes place in the early 80s and uh has a lot of not quite but almost brutalist architecture everything's sparse everything's blocky and there's not a lot of stuff going on in any of the areas. Like even Ellie's apartment is, you know, super sparse and like it doesn't even feel like someone lives in there. And that's what most of the areas in the film feel like. Even like the pool or these big public areas, it feels like there's only like a handful of people in an area that can accommodate thousands and part of that's just because it's during the winter and 
um, it all it all contributes to like a really uneasy feeling like what's what's going on why is this like it's like that that clip in uh in simpsons she's like there's something so un uh unseemly about flying a kite flying at, a night. at night hello mother dear <laughs> like that feeling <laughs> is is kind of throughout the movie and that's what we feel in this in this first scene because Ellie is on top of the jungle gym and it's almost like predatorial position because she's has the higher ground and mm. it looks like she's could like just pounce on Oscar. John Doe has the higher ground. <laughs> yes, the higher ground. Um and so she's talking to Oscar and is pretty standoffish. Yeah, she kind of immediately uh, approaches Oscar and is like, "Hey, what are you doing here? I can't be your friend, by the way. <laughs> like, like it's, uh, which is strange because it's a very kid thing to do. Right. And it is later revealed that she is obviously not a kid. She's a, you know, hundred year old person wrapped up in a 12 year old body. Right. Um, and, uh, and so it's unclear as to whether or not, her growth has been a little bit uh, stunted. Her mental capacity has been a little stunted by being turned at such an early age or whether or not she's just trying to communicate on a level that a 12-year-old might. Yeah, there's like the, – on the second viewing, I, I like came to appreciate a lot of like the subtleties in the in the movie and a lot of things like I caught on the second time that I didn't catch in the beginning. Um, and – they're subtle and then i it brought up questions and then when i researched it i was like oh oh that was what they were doing so oh, the, like the first what? one was like ellie's character of you know she was turned when she was 12 and then the question is does a 12 year old vampire keep the brain of a 12 12 year old mm. because just developmentally you don't become like a full-fledged like have a full-fledged grown brain until you're like 25 if you if you study that kind of thing and like there's certain things that are that a 12 year old brain is really bad at doing or you know a maturity level that exists solely because their brain is young not not just because they're you know dumb no that's a good point i think um i think if you want to get all technical about it, you're probably onto something, right? Because you're no, you no longer have like necessarily like you're not necessarily alive anymore, right? Right. So and obvious that's evidenced by the fact that you stay the same age, whatever age you were when you, mm-hmm. or even get a little younger, you know, a little bit of a fountain of youth thing going on. But um, yeah, I guess technically. And so a lot of like the actions are, and like the motivations of Ellie um, don't really make sense unless she has kind of a stunted emotional uh, or intellectual growth, you know? Um, it's not like there's an intense... Um, she doesn't come off as like an ancient being with all knowledge that's preying on Oscar. It, she does through the course of the movie still feel kind of like an equal. 
you know. Um, and that's that's a really interesting take on, you know, a twelve year old vampire, and I think even interviewed with a vampire kind of did that with Kristen Dunst, where she's immature, but they they like even but in, she still fucks right. <laughs> Um, it's so fucking weird. Like that's the creepiest part of these things. And this, this does it in like such a goddamn this fucking fly in this room. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see me being harassed by a fly. It's Um, it's a transphobic fly. Now I hate it even more. (laughs) Um, no, no, no. So, like, this movie deals with the, like, I'm a thousand-year-old pedophile in not at all. It doesn't even deal with it. It just it just presents you with the facts, shows you two little kids who kind of appreciate each other a little bit. Oscar, it's clear that Oscar does not have, like, he is still very vague in his sexuality uh, or his... um uh his sexual awakening he's like i don't like this is so secondary to me like i just am appreciate you being my friend like it's very 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 clear that oscar is just a t- prepubescent 12 year old boy um yeah i mean it's it's kind of in the middle there because he does like ask her to go steady with him like it is yeah he is like but when presented you know. with the question of, like, what happens if we do go steady, he's like, I don't know. I guess we're closer friends. Like, we get right. to say we are going steady. The end. Like, which is right. such a 12-year-old concept. It's like, uh, uh, well, I don't know what then, I guess. But yeah. uh, something changes, right? And it's just yeah. this vague, like, thought. Yeah. So we can skip forward to <laughs> the scene where she uh, – comes into his room like she she eventually decides like she's pretty standoffish but then they like develop a friendship and then she decides one night to like come into his window um and he lets her in and then she gets naked and gets in his bed and he's like god damn you're fucking chilly (laughs) you're naked and you're cold and i thought to myself like take yourself back to being a 12 year old boy what would you do if a naked girl your age climbed into your bed randomly in the middle of the night that you obviously have like a crush on? I would make her sign a consent form first and foremost. I'd ID her and then make her sign a consent form. No, it's a good uh it's a good point, right? It's like yeah, I mean, at that point I had been, you know, obsessing over uh little girls uh my own age uh since like i had little crushes on girls and big crushes on girls from the age of fucking five you know i mean constantly i had no idea what no actually i like i did uh when i um when i was probably in first or second grade um, one of my friends showed me a Playboy, and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, it just blew apart my little brain. 
And uh, yeah, it, it fucking, I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. You know, it was a weird like way getting introduced to like, like, uh, like weed way too early. You know, like, I'm, 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 you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's wrong, but it happened. Yeah. This is one of the things that like, it's, it's, it's really dangerous. It's really dangerous ground to walk on, but I don't think as Western society, like we allow ourselves to remember how sexualized we were at a young age, um, or how much, how early sexuality, you know, appears. Cause I remember like kindergarten there was a girl i had a crush on invited to my birthday party and and i was like really excited about it and you know grew up in the early ages of the internet so i mean i was like (laughs) in the same time i was playing carmen san diego on on uh you know floppy disk i was uh playing with my own floppy disk with like slow loading image porn on the internet and I just feel like if I was 12 and a naked girl crawled into my bed, I would have come five times before she got a foot in. Like, it would just be... And then, yeah, and then you'd constantly be like, you're, like, from the rest of your life, you'd be haunted by the fact that every girl you got with, their feet weren't cold enough. (laughs) you're like, could you, like, and you're like, I don't know why, but you need to be ice fucking cold. You know what? It's not a problem in my relationship. It would be, you know, if that was my fetish, I married the right person. Aaron, it's astounding. She'll be wearing woolen socks under a heated blanket, and if she touches my leg with her toes, I can feel the coldness through the sock. It's neuropathy problems. No neuropathy problems at all. Anyway, so there, yeah, I mean, there's a certain blindness, and that's, like, one of the things that's kind of endearing about Oscar, but also, like, a little confusing. It's like, well, what's he getting at here? Like, why is he so, he's obviously enthralled with Ellie, but he's not, like, you know, all up ons, I guess. Anyways, um, so skipping back, um, Oscar is shown in in, uh, school where apparently in Norway every class is about murder or like serial killers <laughs> like the two times we were shown him in class the first time it's like a police officer is in the class asking about like um what was the what was the question oh like someone was murdered but um Oh, someone was found in a fire, but they found out that the body was, the person was murdered before the fire. And how do we find out? And Oscar, like, gave the correct answer of, like, well, if he didn't have smoke in his lungs. And the officer's like, officer's like good on you. Like, where did you learn about that? It's like, you know, reading. And and then, like, the <laughs> the next class we see him in, they're talking about the latest murder in the community. You're like, is this all they... I mean, do they learn math or is this just why, you know, the Scandinavian people are so severe and, you know, stoic? It's like, no, your education consists 
exclusively of of true crime. Well, I thought it was funny. Uh, there are moving severe, on. There are severe people, and you would know. Um, are you not uh, some some degree, um, you know, Norse? What 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 are you? Look at um, I I I mean, I'm basically half, almost half Norwegian. I mean, my my dad's parents. What's that other half? Uh, I mean, England, Scottish. Fucking blonde hair, blue eyes over here. God damn. Yeah. Like my, my like grandparents. Hitler's wet dream. I think my grandmother on my dad's side might be, I'm pretty sure she's 100% Norwegian because they, they like immigrated. Their families immigrated into the U.S. over in like the Midwest. Got to build that wall between here and Norway, I guess. <laughs> um, let's see. Um... Oscar is kind of shown as being the archetype of a school shooter, like being bullied on constantly and kind of obsessed about murder and like pulling clips out of newspapers about like serial killers and liking his knife and imagining. So it's it's kind of a weird relationship where it's like, oh, this kid is the kid obsessed with death and killing mm -hmm. and he meets a vampire. It's a match made in heaven. I have a question for you because um, I, I just found myself being curious about this because I knew you really enjoyed this movie. And as I was watching it this time, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe maybe this hits home for Bryce. Um, were you bullied or did you have these um, – did you have like a lot of experience being – you know, like with this like wish fulfillment stuff like – not necessarily shooting up a school or like stabbing somebody, but like like getting revenge. Like, was any part of this bullying or revenge stuff any part of your life at all? No, not as in like actual bullies or like. Uh, I mean, I. I mean, middle school is rough for almost everyone. Um, there's a huge like imaginary audience. Um, I mean, I remember crying in middle school and like asking to be homeschooled because I just hated it so much. Um, I was, I was the, the fat kid. And I mean, I don't think there was anyone that was like particularly picking on me, but it was definitely like, you know, side comments or being made fun of in general by, you know, kids that are, consider themselves better than you or, or whatever, or, or the cool kids. Um, but no, it wasn't like I never got beat up. I never got particularly singled out. Um, but it was still miserable, you know? Okay. Well, that rules that out. I've got some nice Norwegian men behind me now. That's kind of mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are they, did you know them? No, I don't. I don't know them. Maybe Magnus does. <laughs> I think Magnus is one of them. I think Magnus is the one on the right. Um, so they, Oscar and Ellie kind of develop a relationship. Um, he needs to work on his game a little bit because his, his opening line is, you smell weird. Um, but eventually they develop a, a close friendship. It's pretty interesting, like, throughout the, the movie – Ellie is shown in different stages of hunger. And so she looks pretty, 
beat up and sunken in when she hasn't had blood for a little while and then looks super like healthy and youthful when she has eaten um and kind of the the b storyline is between her and her familiar and and hacking like kind of fucking up a couple times and feeling really bad and this is another area where it was like oh i think i am catching on the undertones of this and then when i researched it um it was confirmed like a couple like there's one moment uh or a couple moments where hacken is watching ellie and oscar um and he doesn't seem super happy with it and also at one point he asks her to not you know go out tonight with with oscar when he's going you know he's going to be hunting for blood or whatever and did that come across as anything weird to you or did that feel just protective yeah it did feel the movie this movie plays a lot with hierarchies and relationships and hierarchies in relationships right and um and that's its whole that's like the opus of this movie is like what is your relationship and who's got the power in it and who cares about what and this kind of thing and so you have that with oscar and the bullies right where oscar is actually like a grade a bullied kid like the best kind of uh of a victim for a bully right um when he is bullied he keeps his mouth shut he does not he barely even whimpers when he is beat with a whip um he keeps his mouth shut he allows them to do what they need to do he doesn't even tell on them to his mom he's he's a perfect archetype to be beat up um whereas when he flips that relationship and he takes he whips the kid one time in the head the bully just breaks down into big sobbing just i can't uh, i have to go to the hospital he's total bitch total bitch and um and that's how again that's another interesting weird little relationship thing with ellie and her familiar which is like clearly he's takes orders from her like he is her subservient servant also he's uh, uh, he appears as a 50-year-old male who is her father, and he acts that out a little bit. But what's the dynamic there? You know, it's it's all kind of up in the air, and everybody's kind of always playing with uh, who is in control, kind of. Yeah, so, I mean... That's the thing that like jumped out at me is like there is something, you know, it's he's doesn't have like a father relationship with her. Like even when he's serving her, or like when he asks, like the most interesting part is when he asks her not to go out with Oscar that night. And I was like, because that doesn't seem protective because obviously Ellie can take care of herself. Um, And so I'm like, well, what's the backstory with her and this guy? And I looked into it, and apparently in the in the novel that this is based off of, um, and I think it alludes to it in, in Let Me In, in the remake, or at least in a deleted scene, 
that they met when he was 12. And so he was basically Oscar and he joined her and has been living with her for decades. And, and I think there was probably a similar dynamic, like a romantic kind of relationship dynamic. Um, so it's when he's looking at Oscar, he's looking at like the oh, new up and comer. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking weird. If it would be sexually threatened by a twelve-year-old boy, he'd be like, "Yeah, which this also kid doesn't even know what we're doing." You know, he's just like he's getting beat up at school. Like he's got bigger fish to fry, <laughs> literally. And also in the novel, there's a pretty big aspect of that sexual or desired relationship between him and her. So the pedophilia undertones are much more heavily underlined in that storyline. I think that's a main part where at some point he's like, I'm going to go out and get you blood, but when I get back, you got to have sex with me. And that turns bad somehow. Anyways. Yeah, this seems like the kind of story that would play with all that kind of stuff just for the sake of playing with it, just for bringing it. It doesn't seem like there's any like necessarily like moral stance or something like that. It's just like, how do relationships work? It's weird is the answer kind of like it's who knows? It's, it's complicated. Right. Um so as as Oscar and, and Ellie's relationship kind of matures, she gives him more advice about dealing with the bullies, which is very simple. Hit back, um, which ends up working pretty well for a while. Um, um, and they go on a couple dates. Um, he buys her some NECA wafers and she immediately pukes, which calls into question, is that because she's a vampire or the fact that they're like NECA wafers? They're actually disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like some chalk to eat? <laughs> Um, Ooh, oh, dear, oh, dear, ow, oh, oh, rad, dude. There's a couple moments in in the movie that stand out in terms of like shock value or gore. Um, yeah. The first one is the familiar when his second attempt at getting blood for Ellie fails. He, like, I'm such his, an idiot. His uh, plan B is to pour acid on his face, yeah. which I'm not sure what the intention for that was, if that was like a suicide attempt or if he was like somehow trying to protect her by putting acid on his face, I guess. Um, but then it ends up like Ellie visits him and drinks his blood and then he falls to his death. That one was pretty shocking. <laughs> like the long shot of his body falling and then his head hitting like the overhang. It's yeah, so, like, the effect is the same as Two-Face in um, Harvey Dent in uh, Returns, um, mm-hmm. and uh, but better. Like, it's a much better effect. Uh, this one right. is, is much more impressively uh, horrific. Yeah, the second, like, scene that stands out as kind of horrifying is the uh, later there's a woman that's attacked by Ellie... And she turns into a vampire, and she basically commits suicide by having the the blinds open, and she, like, bursts into flame, um, which is pretty great. 
And then, yeah, that, course, that the, is like a very like Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny Depp death scene kind of like the way the camera is set up all centered in the room and the room's so stark. And then like the blinds open and boom, she's like a goddamn torch. It's yeah. incredible. It was incredible. It was such a cool, cool moment. Uh, and and just horrific. Yeah. Um, and there's throughout there's a lot of stuff happening like we can't go through everything but there's a lot of like b storylines and just like kind of um color stuff like there's a whole side story of oscar's parents um being separated as dad being kind of an alcoholic um and there's a side story like we're showing a little more about the bully um that's we find out it's bullied by his brother and so we're there's a pretty rich you know tapestry of stuff going on and at the center of it is this relationship between ellie and oscar that slowly unfolds and he finds out more about her and uh, she you know helps him in different ways um and it, and it turns romantic um okay this is this is like the big spoiler that i didn't even catch at all the first time i watched it um so there's a couple times there's a couple times that um she says you know i'm not a girl and you assume that's about her being a vampire you know and then there's this pussy flash scene where you're not it's so fast that it's hard to catch but don't but... worry Bryce has slow-mo on his TV <laughs> so in my when I was looking up like the when the I was background, doing my research um in the original story and what you're supposed to catch from that brief flash is that it's not just showing you, you know, prepubescent pubes. Um, you're actually supposed to see scars because Ellie is not a girl. Because when she was turned into a vampire, he was turned into a vampire. He was also castrated and his actual name is Elias. What? So Ellie is trans or at least a castrated boy vampire. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> this yeah. is kismet. <laughs> so that, are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. Yeah. I mean, that's a main plot point is that Ellie is not a girl. Ellie is a boy, but he has been castrated and was castrated the same at the same time he was turned into a vampire. I got to say, they could have done a lot better job of making that very, very clear. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to d- <laughs> dwell <laughs> on it, you know, because True. like, ima- <laughs> imagine if the director cut to like, the crotch of an adolescent and then just started zooming in 
like how uncomfortable that would make the audience and no one would still catch it anyways because everyone would turn away you're like jesus christ would they it was almost shocking enough well it was shocking and and uh anyways you can feel okay because i also in my research i found out that they used a mannequin for that shot it wasn't actually a castrated boy yeah but the implication so you can watch that on repeat as many times as you want you're not a pedophile you're just looking at a mannequin you've got permission from bryce (laughs) i however mm -mm, no (laughs) no sweetie don't do it you know this is i appreciate this movie a lot more now i'm gonna tell you um yeah that makes it a lot better because it's inclusive and it highlights our struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's big. FBI, open up! <laughs> oh yeah. I like your note here. Um we're almost done with this review. Uh I like your note here. Uh Oh boy, I sure do like living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's guy, a scene. I'm drunk and feeling good. I sure do like living. And then, and then yeah, Natalie. it shows like it shows like two friends are like, I'm so glad that you're my friend and that we had a good time. Me too. I love you, buddy. That we're alive and living. We are. Alive. Anyways, I'm gonna go under this dark, dark bridge. Oh, there's a little girl under here. I better help. So yeah, I mean. There's a little bit of, like, I think there's, I'm a pretty big fan of Scandinavian humor, which is pretty dark and ironic. Um, And this is one of those moments. It reminded me of a scene from Norseman. I don't know if you watched this one, but I've shown this one to you before. And this is probably one of my favorite TV scenes of all time that really kind of sum up the humor of the show. Um, I'm going to show it even if we're going to get a copyright strike because it's, it, it fits in. No, please don't. Please don't. I don't want a copyright strike. I really don't a lot. You could, maybe you could play the audio. How about we do it on the afterpod? How about we do it on the afterpod? Okay. We'll do it on the afterpod. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't want to get that ad revenue taken away that we don't have. Well, I mean, uh, so many of our videos uh, ha- have strikes against them because we play the trailer in them that when we are able to monetize it, we'll be able to monetize like nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's unless not, we that's uh, not true, unless we alter it somehow or something. Uh, that's not necessarily true. Oh, no. Most wow. of them, if we contend it, I mean, it, it falls under fair use because we're commenting on it or editorializing every single time i do that fair use thing they're like yeah but the person still said no and it's like okay well what what do they got to yeah that seems like the exception for me whenever i do it it seems like it's taken up or even if it's not like it's well we're getting to the we're talking inside baseball too much yeah it's moving moving on um so there's this scene um in norseman where this (laughs) One of the main characters is going out <clears throat> with a bow and arrow, and uh, and then it cuts to these slaves working out in the forest, and uh-huh. the guy's like, "Yep, reaching retirement age. 
I'm <laughs> just so looking forward to really taking it all in. And, you know, I, I really like looking, just really looking at things and seeing all the things that the world has to offer. I'm looking forward to, you know, looking at mountains and, and trees elsewhere. And I'm like, oh, well, that's nice, you know, Sven. And he's like, huh, what's that out in the distance? And they're like, what? I don't see anything. I'm like, yeah, it's like two two sharp things in the air. And it cuts <laughs> to the guy with like the arrow walking, with the bow like walking away. And then you hear in the background like, <laughs> and it cuts to the guy and he's got like two arrows in his eyes. And he's like, they were arrows. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's funnier in the clip. So let's skip forward to the end. Um, the end features Oscar being the only one in the water aerobics class, which only serves to make you want to beat him up yourself. Poor sweet Oscar. Like he's so, he's so dear. Like yeah. when that, when, when his, uh, his aerobics instructor runs away because a fire, a, a, a diversion fire has been lit outside for the adults. Uh, the, one of the, kind of the bullies who doesn't really want to bully but kind of does a little bit is associated with other bullies stands in for the aerobics instructor and like dances with oscar and oscar's just like hey we're kids and we're having fun you know this just goes back to that thing where it's just like oscar's a 12 year old boy like he's just 12 man he just he, he just wants to have fun with other kids and that's made hard by bullies yeah so at this point like ellie supposedly has left um for her safety and then oscar is alone at this pool and these bullies have conspired um mainly the bully's brother that's bullies him is going to um uh execute justice on oscar um in you know pretty brutal ways this is basically you're going to go underwater for three minutes and if you stay for under under for three minutes you'll just get a little nick with this knife i have Otherwise, I'm going to stab your eye out because you whip my brother in the ear. Um, and so they hold him underwater, and it's a pretty effective scene. And then we experience the massacre of these bullies in this pool from Oscar's perspective underwater, which, you know, he has no no idea of what's going on, but all of a sudden, like, the arm that's holding him down, like falls into the pool it's such a brilliant scene like it's like it's like such a great way to make the most of a low budget like it's it's i mean it's the best it's the best way to make jurassic park without showing any dinosaurs you know it's like whoa that's so great right i mean it it is a pretty long movie but i gotta say like it it has decent set pieces spaced out throughout that that kept me engaged as well as like just the drama and the relationships that was really engaging for me and and i liked all of it I, like there was very little that and there's a lot of depth to it too and a lot of things that you can like look into and find out like again the stuff that i wasn't aware of was like like oh yeah i mean her development like you know as a centuries old vampire is still kind of um caught in arrested development because of her age when she turned and her relationship with the f relationship with the familiar the fact that she's trans 
like all this stuff like is like stuff that i found out on the second viewing but is there in the in the movie like if you if you look for the subtleties it's there like so hyper relevant too now like a 12 year old trans kid who's a vampire like there are so many suggestions just in that sentence a 12 year old trans vampire like okay so you know you're forced in the shadows you know you're you're an old soul but you present a young bot like all this weird stuff uh is all suggested um and it's never directly looked at it's just like check out this what are you gonna do with that what's your head gonna do with that and it's like that's a great way to present it yeah I mean, it is actually questionable. Like, it, would she be considered trans? Like, is she actually, is he, she, is it trying to live as a, as a female? Or is that just, you know, it's questionable. Because she, no, I guess, I guess she is presenting as female. Because she's wearing female clothes, I guess. That's all that matters. Oh, the other, I, we skipped over the best scene. I'm sorry, before we end, we got to talk about, like, the scene where... Um, she comes to Oscar's door and she's like, you gotta invite me in, which is a, a vampire trope. And he's mm. like, come on, like what's going to happen if I don't just like any like motions are in, which I mean, being fair, like that was inviting in if he's using a gesture, but in the terms of the, the movie, he has to actually invite her in vocally. She's like, all right, I'll show you. She comes in and then she just starts bleeding out of every orifice. Yeah. And like through her skin. It's like, oh, Jesus, you come in. Please come in. So that's a memorable. Yeah. And then scene. the and then the title, Let the Right One In, it does it does such a cool thing, right? It's like, again, it's just touching on every single relationship in the movie. Like, who are you going to let into your life? You know, who who do you surround yourself with? Who are you? Who are you going to make that choice about? You know, it's like his, his his Oscar's dad is a real nice guy until his junky friend shows up. He lets him in, and then that dynamic changes. You know, it's his, it's you know, it's it's his it's his aquatics instructor just being like, yeah, come on, you know, it's it's all the relationships is is, and even in terms of the bullies, like you know. What right. separates Oscar from the, you know, the toadies of the bully? It's like, yeah, the toadies not... don't want to do these things. Like they right. are tortured, but they have accepted the company of this dickhole and they get it in the end because of it, because of their close association. Yeah. Or vice versa. He let them in and now they're kind of trapped. Right. I don't know. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. So who would, who would like this? This is such like a, uh, a fabulous drama, just generally speaking, that's just got such a great twist. This is much more general audiences than most of the, like, especially than, like, House of a Thousand Corpses or something like that. That's just hard, hard horror. Um, yeah, I don't know. W what do you think? Um, I mean, it's a must-see for anyone that's a fan of vampires, definitely. Um, I think... Um, I I would really encourage people not to be turned off by the foreign language or subtitles. Like this is definitely one of those movies that's worth seeing subtitled or in the original language. I I watched like 
probably about 20 minutes of let me in and it's like watching a american remake of a british reality show it's just so ham-handed it's so like tries to make it into an action thriller that it's like oh this is this is gross it's like all of the charm of the starkness and and like the subtlety is lost um from the parts that i saw of the, of the remake so i'd say don't be turned off by the foreign language like from from all the accounts of people that have seen both it seems like the, the consensus is that the original is definitely better um a24 fans are gonna love this movie um but i think it's i mean again i gave it a 10 out of a 10 so i think everyone should see it it's a great movie um quick one minute thing our last our review last week of house of a thousand corpses uh did get a lot of people riled up uh there's a big post in the horror movie talk facebook group uh by zachary l this is man bryce and david really dislike rob zombie it's okay though i got tickets to see rob zombie and alice cooper this summer and uh you know i like rob zombie's music just fine i just think house of a thousand corpses is hot 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 garbage brian f comments on that says i thought the same they were harsh also don't think they realize sherry moon is his wife um I have tickets to see him as well. I knew I knew Sherry Moon was his wife. Uh, she's been with him since like the early 90s. But uh, she's also a fucking terrible actress. And there's a lot. Of, and I think in the in in the review, we mentioned nepotism. That nepotism is. The problem. <laughs> I don't know of a situation where nepotism isn't a problem necessarily, but <clears throat> but anyway, lots of people lot, look if you like it. I'm so happy for you. Like, I want you to like it. It's just it's not for us, you know? Yeah. I Probably the one that, like, cut hardest, and I realized, like, oh, I actually do have to be better at that, was some of our patrons were like, you know, the episodes where they like the movie are better because they're funnier. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I let the discomfort or, like, the... the uh, the dislike of the movie color the actual episode a little too much where i'm like i'm not gonna try because this movie was trash why would i try making this episode good um so i i have to be mindful of that so i apologize for the episode maybe not being as funny because we weren't pulling out stuff which there probably could have been funnier stuff we've had a couple weeks of really rough movies skinnamarink house of thousand corpses like, but we find ways to have fun, you know. So let's move on to a new game I call Vampire Smasher Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, in Vampire Smasher Pass, mm. um, David, I have to explain this to you because um, you're old. So smash means fuck. And pass means not fuck. So, do you would you want to f- fuck these vampires or not? So, smash or pass. There's a lot of them. I don't yeah. think we need. In my days, we weren't. In my day, we weren't pussies about. You know, we didn't pussyfoot around. We just said it. F- fuck, Mary kill is what we said. Right. Yeah. Not like. So. Not like. 
smash pass or or cash me outside or something. So I think probably the best way to go about it we've got, I've got a lot of these. So let's let's do the first half you and then the last half I'll do smash or pass. Okay? Um I'm just going to play with these transitions. Whoa. Okay. David. Mm. Smash or pass? Miriam, played by Catherine Deneuve, uh, from oh, The from Hunger. Catherine Deneuve uh, was in um, Revulsion? Yep. Yeah. So Catherine Deneuve in Revulsion and, and as Miriam. Uh, <laughs> smash. Um Woo. Oh, Eve. oh, Tilda oh. Swinton from Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh, my God. OK, listen, if you're not watching on YouTube, um, whew, you need to be uh, to get the full effect here. What is that? Is that a skinned dick? No, that's a blood ice pop. I think oh, it gives me the piss shivers to look at her. No, pass. Uh, Santanico Pandemonium. Oh, Selma Hayek? From, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Is that Selma Hayek? Yes. Whew! Whew! I mean, do you have to ask? Really? Pass. Ew. Right. No, obviously smash. Edward Cullen from the Twilight series. Oh, dude. Smash. Are you kidding? Look at those, look at those cum gutters. Wait, go back. <laughs> Whew! He's like... He doesn't even have to use his hands to show you where to suck. He just points to it with his pelvis. His pelvis is just like right there. Put your mouth on it. And I'm like, Steve O. Ah, dude. Uh, John from The Hunger. Is that David Bowie? David Bowie. Yeah. He was a vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smash from the same from the same movie as uh, Catherine Deneuve. What year was this? 80-something. Wow. Smash. Yeah, smash. Are you kidding? Okay. Jessica Hamby from True Blood. Yeah. Played by Deborah Ann Wolf. Did you watch True Blood? No. Oh, yeah. Smash. Smash. Uh, Celine from Underworld. Played by Kate Beckinsale. I guess. Yeah, Smash. I don't have strong feelings based on that picture, but sure, yeah. I mean, ladies. Kate Beckinsale? I like them. I like ladies. Fox. Okay, Count Orloff from (laughs) Nosferatu. Say it again? Who? Count Orloff from Nosferatu. Uh, Played by Max Shrek. Wow. Uh, Smash. Absolutely. Uh, Akasha from Queen of the Damned. Played by Aliyah. Aaliyah. Oh, is that Aaliyah? Mm-hmm. Is she dead? Yes. Well, I mean, she is a vampire, so. <laughs> <laughs> She's undead. No, I mean, is Aaliyah dead? Well, we're playing Smash or Pass for the character is, is the important thing. Um, the just operating... outside of the game, as an aside, I'm, I'm asking Yes, she's you. dead. Okay. Yes, she's dead. <laughs> she's long dead. She's dead. She's no longer living. Then definitely Smash. Okay. Uh, Dracula. Yeah, smash. Played by Gary Oldman. Yeah, smash. Big time. Catherine Pierce. Smash. From The Vampire Diaries. Yeah, smash. Gary Oldman in Dracula. Smash. 
Last one. Eric Northman from True Blood. I talk about this all the time. Smash. <laughs> all the time. Smash. Yeah. Okay. Eric now, Starstart, now are you kidding? Now it's my turn. Okay. Um, Gary Oldman from Dracula. Ooh. Smash. Ooh. That's a smash? The Count. <laughs> smash. Louis from Interview with a Vampire. That's a smash. That's a smash. Uh, Ellie from Let the Right One In. That's a pass. Okay. Uh, Peter Lowe <laughs> from The Vampire's Kiss. Nick Cage, yeah. That's a pass. Oh. Lestat from Interview with a Vampire. That's a smash. Yeah. Uh, Claudia from Interview with a Vampire. Uh, that's, that's, um... Little um, Kirsten Dunst. It's a uh, mm. smash. FBI, open up! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think for legal reasons, I'd say pass. But I mean, Kirsten Dunst now. Right, she's your age. Right, Blackula from uh, Blackula. Smash. Morbius. That's a pass. Oh. Um, all of the Lost Boys. Mm. Smash. Yeah. Um, the girl from A Girl Walks Home at Night. Smash. Uh, Bella from Twilight. Oof. It's hard to look at. That's a smash. And then, <laughs> of course, the original Dracula, played by Bella Lugosi. That's a smash. Yeah. Okay, I hope Thus you played concludes along. Hope you Vampires. played along at home. <laughs> okay. All righty. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Be on, open up! <laughs> uh, um, thanks to our patrons, uh, especially our new patrons, uh, Kelsey, Edward, Bradley, Stephen, and Jamie. Um, go to our website at horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find all the links to all the things and ways to support us. Uh, thanks again to all our support in the background, Dustin, Fart Simpson, uh, Mark, and Ruby, Max, um, everyone that's hel that helps out the show. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. And that's it for today. Bye. We love you guys. <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. You get I just had to scroll through the Wow.